sweet of him. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. This isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. <laughs> I am cool. going to start this podcast with that laugh being left in. Hi, everyone. Uh, wow. So, yeah, I was going to say this was a rough and ready recording, and I'm going to do as little to no editing whatsoever. Uh, so this is That UFO Podcast. Hello. And I have assembled some of the UAP media crew to record with me for, well, it's June, essentially. And this is hopefully going to be UAP Task Force Report Month. So joining me for the conversation, I have Graham Rendell. Graham, how are we doing? I'm doing fine, Andy. Thanks for inviting me. How are you doing? No, very popular debut you made. The, yeah, I'm good. You Obviously, you made your first uh, appearance on the podcast uh, last week. It went, went down very, very well. Your expertise was greatly appreciated by many. Um, so I've got you on at the last minute because it's a beautiful day here in the UK. Uh, as we record, it is Tuesday afternoon on the 1st of June. Um, I've also got regular co-host and NFT Supremo, Dan, recording from his mansion. Obviously, Dan knows NFTs that you're selling for. How many millions now have you made off of those? Uh, well, I, I mean, the the alien autopsy picture is so cheap compared to my stuff. I can't believe that's on for what is one million dollars, or is it seven hundred and sixty thousand uh, pounds? Yeah, it's something like that. Crazy. crazy, yeah. Like if, it, if it was sold as like a as a curiosity, you know, like maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. You know, it's a bit of history. Um, it'd be interesting, but to claim that it's real and try and get a second round out of the 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 real photo i'm doing bunny ears here yeah um it's just deplorable yeah it's pretty poor and we also have dave partridge from shadows magazine joining us uh dave has had to take a phone call as we started recording but this one is just a bit of a rough and ready let's get something out for folks to discuss the the task force report i've had quite a few people getting in touch with me today sending me articles or snippets or tweets from rogue mi6 accounts and all all sorts of stuff so the conversation uh, has been geared up for a long time now that the task force report is going to be due in june there's some confusion over dates of when it's going to be we've seen the washington post and other news uh, sources citing today nick pope recently cited it was going to be today but the first of june isn't the deadline for the report is it dan if you want to give us a quick summary of just to remind people, what exactly are we waiting on here and when is it roughly going to be due? Sure. So this all started way back with the uh, the Senate Select uh, Intelligence Committee. And Chris Mellon worked to get some language in there um, about advanced aerial threats. And it's a very precise request. And that language has pretty much come all the way through uh, up till now. And it's what Trump signed into the, the coronavirus bill. Um, and it, it's what the report um, is, is going to have to follow. So the actual language here 
says the committee supports the efforts of the Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon Task Force at the Office of Naval Intelligence to standardize collection and reporting on unidentified aerial phenomena, any links they have to adversarial foreign governments, and the threat they pose to U.S. military assets and installations. However, the committee remains concerned that there is no unified comprehensive process within the federal government for collecting and analyzing intelligence on unidentified aerial phenomena, despite the potential threat. The committee understands that the relevant intelligence may be sensitive nevertheless. The committee finds that the information sharing and coordination across the intelligence community has been inconsistent, and this issue has lacked attention from senior leaders. Therefore, the committee directs the DNI, in consultation with the Secretary of Defense and the heads of such other agencies as the Director and Secretary jointly consider relevant, to submit a report within 180 days, which would be about June 21st, 26th. Uh, it falls on a weekend, so it could be the Monday after as well. Um, was I? Um, an Armed Services Committee on Unidentified Aerial Phenomena also known as anomalous aerial vehicles, including observed airborne objects that have not been identified. Then it goes on to detail a list of what they want specifically. So this is what we should expect the report to address, really. One, a detailed analysis of unidentified aerial phenomena data and intelligence reporting collected or held by the Office of Naval Intelligence, including data and intelligence reporting held by the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force. Two, a detailed analysis of unidentified phenomena data collected by geospatial intelligence, signals intelligence, human intelligence, and measurement and signals intelligence. Three, a detailed analysis of the FBI which was derived from investigations of intrusions of unidentified aerial phenomena over restricted United States airspace. Four, a detailed description of an interagency process for ensuring, ensuring timely data collection and centralized analysis of all unidentified aerial phenomena reporting for the federal government, regardless of which service or agency acquired the information. Five, identification of official accountable for the process described in paragraph four. Six, identification of potential aerospace or other threats posed by the unidentified aerial phenomena to national security and an assessment of whether this unidentified aerial phenomena activity may be attributed to one or more foreign adversaries. Seven, we're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> Identification of any incidents or patterns that indicate a potential adversary may have achieved breakthrough aerospace capabilities that could put United States strategic or conventional forces at risk. And then finally, recommendations regarding increased collection of data, enhanced research and development, and additional funding and other resources. The report shall be submitted in unclassified form but may include a classified annex. So that's the exact language and really precisely what we should expect from the report. What Vir- stood out to you guys? Virtual round of applause first for Dan. That's that's superb. We turned into a bit of an audio book there for a minute, um, but that, <laughs> that is quite important, Dan. Yeah, so what, big breath now. <laughs> yeah, so what were you saying there? 
Um, really, just when when I was reading that, what what stood out to you guys there? The the talk. I mean, they they clearly say that they want to know what are the chances that this is an adversary or something else, right? And I think it's clear that they want to set up an ongoing kind of, you know, committee unit, or panel or unit again. or something, yeah, yeah uh, to investigate these things. Um, welcome to Dave Partridge, who has joined us back from his phone call. Uh, Dave, uh, you, you've caught that there from Dan as well. So what what are you expecting to come out from this report? That was obviously quite a concise. Here's what we're expecting it to have. What are you hoping we get? To be honest, I think we will probably get some acknowledgement of everything that we already know that has been coming out through Jeremy Corbell and George Knapp and obviously people like Lewis Alexander, Christopher Mellon, um, Sean Cahill and all those other guys who are actually serving on the limits in the Princeton and the uh, Roosevelt. I mean, one thing that was in the report, which I think needs to be brought up, is they're trying to get information from various different agencies. And as was mentioned um, in Politico a while back, they have been blocked at certain stages in trying to get that information through. So I think hopefully with it, when the Inspector General starts um, investigating all this, um, you know, all those other alphabet agencies, they may still have information they've been holding back, which we might see. Graham, what about yourself, mate? Yeah, I, I think echo what Dave's saying that um, we'll be lucky if we get an acknowledgement of what's already happened and maybe a few other things just to, to throw something out there so that people don't just think they're being brushed off. But um, the very least we can hope for is acknowledgement they haven't had enough time, enough resources, and they've, you know, they've been stonewalled in their efforts to be able to obtain more information. And hopefully there'll be some recognition in so much they'll be given some more time and some more people and maybe some more money and told away, uh, to go away and actually come up with some more, you know, so, some more information for a report. I mean, it, it, everything that Dan read out there in terms of the, the information collecting it sounded like a bit of a wish list um, because you, we've all heard about how, how little kind of resources they have. Um, I mean, you mentioned the five different types of um, you know, intelligence gathering. You've got, well, I'll break them down in meals, Humint, Elint, Massint, Sigint, and Imint, which are the, the, the sort of acronyms for all those different ones. But basically, that covers the entire spectrum of how you obtain you know, intelligence nowadays. Um, so from electronic to visual to means to measurement and uh, signature analysis, all that kind of thing. Um, so they're trying to cover everything in the wording. Whether or not that actually appears in what comes out is a completely different thing. Because if they are being stonewalled, and they're not throwing any money at it, and there's one guy behind a desk maybe a couple of hours a day, we're not going to get anything worthwhile at all. So it's hopeful, you know, that's why I'm saying it's hopeful that there will be a decision made just to go, yeah, okay, we understand the limitations that you're under, go away and do and basically do it again, but here's some more money, here's some more people, we know there's something going on, you just have to find us some more information for us. Dan, what are your thoughts on that? I, I I mostly agree with Graham to be honest. Um, the the question is whether we're going to get that. You know, what what I read out there was for the actual report. So if what we're kind of hearing is true, that we're more likely to get an interim kind of assessment, you know, r- report. Yeah, like assessment, just to kind of justify the ongoing, you know, manpower and expenditure to look at this. Um, 
I, I think that's more likely what we're going to get. And I'm okay with that as well, because, you know, we, we get to do this once. It's best that we do it right. Um, there's a lot of history to go through. And depending on how well-versed you are in this subject, you'll, you'll know different levels of how much there is to just wade through in terms of the history of the UAP subject to kind of find the, you know, the, the intelligence stuff as opposed to just they're from the Pleiades, you know? But, I, mean, I mean, you say that about the history aspect of it right and that i suppose that's how far back they care to or want to go with this what if it's a case of do you know what let's only look at the last 15 20 years if they even go that far back like graham i'll come to you because you're shaking your head on that but like maybe we're just not going to get that detailed or lengthy of a report graham i think i'm sure i've heard people saying that they're looking forward they're not looking back Uh, and it was just a program to deal with cases that were coming up or the ones that were happening when they were doing the analysis. I don't think they've gone back that far at all. Um, I'm, I'm sure that they, were, they weren't even going back as far as necessary the, the, the kind of Nimitz case. Um, the, the, what I've heard is just from from people you know in the field talking about this is that they were simply looking at cases maybe from 2015 onwards because they're much more recent. The people are probably still in the service. So they can talk to them. They're not going to go chasing around for people probably who have left the service and have, have retired and are somewhere out in civilian life. Um, that's what it's a DoD sort of you know sponsored uh, task force. So therefore, they'll be wanting to speak to people who are still in the service. So I think it's only going to be covering maybe the last five six years at the tops, and it's more likely to be covering things that have happened you know much more sort of recently, where the information is still fresh and they can still have maybe a lead on trying to pull some some details together and coming up with some more accurate analysis rather than having to dig into history with all the baggage that kind of sort of tends to have with it. Um, so, yeah, that, that's my view. And it's just based on what, you know, sort of informed commentators have said, not just what's been sort of banded around on UFO Twitter. Um, so, yeah, that, that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I think there's a lot of expectation that this is going to be the disclosure. And, and that's not necessarily maybe for a lot of people in the circles that we would look at and read online and all that kind of stuff. But this isn't going back to say, here's what we found in Roswell and here's what happened with the Phoenix Lights case and here's debris we've got from 50 years ago. It's, it's not going to have that. Like you say, it's probably for the best that it does focus on the here and now because it's fresh. It's where they've got the best data. I think there was geospatial, you know, you want to see like, it's probably not going to have the detail that would be necessarily that interested in or we would understand, but satellite tracking, you know, have you found these things coming in from space to then be tracked at sea level and in the air at 80,000 feet? And then is there tracking for underwater as well? Do you have sonar for all? So that's the kind of stuff that may or may not kind of appear. And that's that's definitely going to be a lot more recent given the, the improvements in technology. Um, Dave, you want to come in on that one? Yeah, I mean, kind of echoes what uh, Lewis Elizondo was saying about his um, duties in ATIP. Um, you know, they weren't necessarily looking back at the past cases. They were always concentrating on what was happening there and then and trying to kind of preempt what might happen in other areas because they kind of had the data from, obviously, the Roosevelt, the Princeton, the, the Nimitz at that point because they had the videos. Or, or they, no, sorry, that was 2017, wasn't it? Um, but the point is, you know, there's so, as Graham was saying, there's so much baggage associated with all the past cases that it's very difficult to pick a point or a research or, or a book where you can actually say, yeah, that's the point where I want to start. 
that's the relevant information. Um, you know, and this is what we found out from it. I mean, Project Blue Book files um, and all the Air Force files, supposedly some of those have been destroyed. Um, so how are we going to find copies of those now? Well, that's it. So uh, focusing on the here and now, that's what we're going to see, folks. And I think that for those looking for more answers from what's happened further back in the past, that'll be ironically something we'll get maybe in the future what we're looking at now and this is what i'm going to get to what we could get that would be would make you happy and satisfy you guys for me i've said before i want and it's literally a line or a bullet point towards the end in a conclusion that says one of the possibilities they are looking at is non-human intelligence or not terrestrial or something else that's what i want i know it's going to have something in there about foreign adversarial technology all that kind of stuff will be there folks however i just want one line somewhere towards the end of this that says do you know what this might be something that's non-human this might be something of a different an artificial intelligence from somewhere else just to indicate that let's open up that door a little bit more and then, yeah, that like the guys have said before, maybe I'm just wording it a little more hopefully. From that point, we need further study. We need more money. We need proper funding. We need a permanent task force set up. We need, you know, X, X Y, and Z to be part of this to really kick on with it. Dan? Just following up on what, what David Graham was saying about the, the history, there's an interesting kind of facet that's going to come out of this at some point in the future. And that is, you know, a, a lot of people one with those historical cases have passed now. You know, there, there's no primary sources that we can go to for this stuff. So like they say, it's just it's muddy water. But there are a lot of people in the past, whether through service or, you know, through other, other ways, kind of had their lives ruined by the Air Force saying this wasn't real and things like that. So there's, for me, there's a really interesting aspect that there's kind of going to have to be a tiptoe in so that, you know, you don't get all this litigation thrown at the U.S. government when suddenly they're like, oh, it is real. And we have files that show that the Air Force knew it when they said it wasn't real back at the end of Blue Book. And all these people whose lives fell apart since then because of ridicule, you know, they, they're going to want kind of, I guess, uh, like justice, right? Potentially, you're looking at like people potentially wanting compensation and all that kind of stuff as well and court cases going through. And, and that's also like even just going back that people that have had issues with like cancers they've potentially picked up or, you know, from, from radiation exposure, all that kind of stuff comes into it. And again, it really muddies the waters. Again, that's probably more for down the line. But if they have been exposed to something and not had the, the treatment or the care or the attention it's deserved at the time and then afterwards as well. So again, that's probably not for this report, but that's definitely a consequence. And I think that's where over the last year or two i've come away from we're going to get a disclosure of here's everything we know as opposed to it will be a slow realization to the public that actually there's something going on and we need to look at it rather than any government not just the us but any government coming forward and saying actually here's what we've had kept top secret and here's what we've known about you know all those um spacecraft that have blown up like the challenger and things like that wasn't really necessary because we've had anti-gravity technology now for 50 years so that's not going to happen because that opens up a whole can of worms but what we're going to get hopefully is a slow let's keep this going forward there's something here we're studying and you know what it's probably not human dave 
speaking of non-human. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, I think what will be interesting is to see how other global governments um, react to the UAPTF. Definitely, know, yeah. The UK government is pretty um, blasé and non-committal about anything, as we've seen in the last couple of days um, from the responses that we got at UAP Media. Um, but I think, you know, everybody's waiting for the US to make the first move um, so that then they can decide their kind of strategies, um, you know, for discussing this with, the, with their own public. So I think, well, you know, it's going to be quite different the end of June uh, leading into July. We're going to see a lot more movement on all fronts. And, you know, I feel sorry for people who aren't caught up with the subject, you know, because they're going to have to, you know, kind of uh, get on board really quick. It's a really good point, Dave, about other governments and how they are going to react or what they will come out and say, what might come off the back of it and consequences. I think that's something in a couple of weeks we'll look at in another podcast of if the report doesn't come out in the immediacy, but maybe later in the month, it's worth talking. What could the consequences be, not just from a US point of view, but around the world? Graham, I'll come to you as well, but Dave makes the point there about obviously the UK, and it's something we've talked about a lot. Going forward, or what we've seen recently is the media in the UK has changed quite abruptly. We have seen that 90 degree turn, you know, one of the observables almost mm-hmm. within our mainstream media because they are now picking up the story and we know we have, we have spoke to people and people that know journalists who are a bit taken back by how all of a sudden they're having to treat this seriously and how many articles have we now seen of maybe we should be looking at this more seriously and it is just that they're still trying to keep almost a tongue in cheek but actually asking the question going forward how do we treat this and I think a lot of the UK media are struggling to come to terms with finding that new way to approach it Graham aren't they? Yeah, that's true. I mean, obviously, you've just Dan's just mentioned there about you know possible litigation for people who felt they had a raw deal in the history of ufology. Um, you know, military people and also other people who have been affected. Um, you could also say the same about how the media have treated the subject um, and how people have met the, the media have treated people involved in the subject and, and experiences uh, and all the rest of it. That you know they they've treated it as a laughing matter a lot of the time. They've made fun of people effectively. Um, they've you know on the surface it looks like they're tra- taking it seriously, but you can also see that kind of mocking tone. Uh, a lot of times you know, it was always the last story on the news at ten back in the day. Um, so yeah, there might be, have to be some kind of recognition that they weren't taking it seriously years ago. Um, so much as like they do with other subjects, that they, they have they hold their hands up eventually and go, yeah, we got that wrong like the phone hacking, et cetera. And that's obviously maybe an extreme example, but you know what I mean. So that might be something that they they come around to in the future and just say, yes, we got it wrong in the past. We're prepared to deal with this subject now and deal with it in a much more serious manner, like they would with social issues, like with political issues, like defense issues and how it should be treated. So, yeah, I would hope that would be the case and that they would come to us uh, for one point, you know, for one point of call to actually get that information that they, they really need to use, or if we could put them in touch with other people uh, who would be able to answer their questions, and so they would get the, the facts, or they'd actually go out and do their own journalist uh, journalism and do their own questioning of people, so they would actually do the, the due diligence and get the information that the, the readership deserve. Dan. What, what do you guys think of, because obviously with the expectations, there's always disappointment when there's big hype, right? Um, and there'll probably be 
if if it doesn't contain exactly the stuff that some people want, they'll probably be quite annoyed about it and and think that the the secret keepers are kind of, you know, keep keeping the history to themselves. Um, and it just makes me kind of take a moment to remember that everyone in government is is just a person like us. You know, they they come into the role, um, even even Susan Goff to to a certain extent, they come into the role with not really much education on the subject. And then they have to talk about these issues that we know uh, are really, really deep, kind of almost profound conversations. Um, and that's hard to do from a from a kind of bureaucratic standpoint. So I, I just wanted to take a note to to kind of say, you know, don't don't be angry at the people if they get it wrong. These aren't the people who decided to to hide things. These are the people that are bringing it into the light. Do you know what it reminds me of a little bit is when uh, a fictional character is brought to life by a director, and it's their interpretation of the character, and how widely it's the you know Batman's Batman but different directors have a different take on Batman and those little mannerisms. And you're always going to get people who will give you the, that's not what I expected of Batman or a James Bond, you know, James Bond doesn't do this or James Bond wouldn't do that. The character's largely what you would expect, but it's those interpretations. And you're right that we have to give these people in charge of this now the chance to bring this forward. And as best we can, absolutely people are going to be disappointed. There will be some a large minority a majority whatever that won't like what comes out regardless what comes out it could come out with pictures of bodies and crash retrievals and 4k footage of crash retrievals and dave fravor having a selfie with a tic tac behind him and people still wouldn't be happy for one reason or another but we just need to look at what can we take from this? Where can the progress come from? What are the next steps after this as well? Because, you know, we, we still have to move forward from this. Um, so, yeah, it's it, we've got to give those people a chance to get this out there. And then also we have a voice in helping it shape it moving forward, hopefully, particularly those in America. But I think, like you say previously, as Dave mentioned, worldwide, how those impacts are kind of felt moving forward for other countries too. Uh, Graham? Yeah, I think we do have to be forgiving. Dan's right. Um, we can't just be sort of holy than now. We we do have to help people through a transition period. But it will also be interesting if some kind of disclosure comes out and there is an acknowledgement that there is an issue here, that how many people will start coming out of the woodwork who have an interest, who have never previously declared it, who are really kind of closet, sort of UFO, UAP um, nuts, and who do really do sort of live and breathe the subject just as much as we do. And it could well be interesting to see who people in the field of entertainment, in the field of uh, media, in the field of politics, sport even, people who do generally come out and go, yes, I hold my hands up. I've kept it quiet for whatever reason, but I'm really interested. And they'll demonstrate how interested they are as well by coming out with a whole load of facts and figures that will just rival or even sometimes surpass some of us. It could be quite interesting what actually does come out once people sort of do get to grips with this issue. We'll, we'll get to test my like hypothesis as well that I, I think almost all of us on this planet have had an experience, but some of us just don't talk about it. 
Yeah, and that that could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. But like you say, it's just going to be something we're going to have to deal with and shape going forward. Listen, wanting to keep this one relatively short, and I think there's definitely room for some more of these discussions as the month goes on. Of course, as and when we get any more news or the task force report breaks, we will cover that extensively. And any actions or consequences off the back of it will be in touch. But there's a lot of discussion, I think, just came off the back of this that I've made some notes for. Hopefully this clears up again, though, for people that it's not the 1st of June that's the deadline. The deadline is around the 25th, 26th of June. It could be the following Monday from that. There's the possibility this could be delayed or extended. That's that's a, a real possibility. It's something Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon and others have actively called for anyway. Uh, so it's worth seeking out their interviews and comments and going back and finding those. However, as it stands, we can all expect the report to be out by that 25th, 26th deadline. And till then, it is going to be speculation central. What I will ask the gents, just for um, to end the, the episode on in the pod, is starting with Dave, when do you expect this to come out? Give us a date. I think um, it will come out on the Friday, on the June 25th, or the 20, 25th, 27th. So yeah, Dave's on, going on, to the deadline? That, yeah, I'm, I think there'll be something that'll be put out, and it'll either say... We need more time or look out for the full report on Monday, that kind of thing. So it's going to like be a cliffhanger for the week. Okay, Graham? I would have said the 25th because it's a day they don't like to release. They like to release information they don't really want people to sort of take much notes of because it's a Friday and people are, tend to be away home by lunchtime, as, you know, if it's anything like what I, what I do as well. So um, – it couldn't always be buried, but actually, I've, I think it might come out the day before, and I think they might want to announce it to a point where people don't miss it for a whole variety of reasons, not just because it's important, but because they want people to sit up and take notice, especially if it's bad news, but especially if it's good news. It doesn't really matter which way it is. I think that's it'll want to make something of it just so they, put the, they can think they've put the matter to rest for the time being. So I think they will make something of it. I don't think it'll just be buried away on, on a Friday on a Friday afternoon. So the twenty fourth, yeah. Awesome. And Dan. So I, I agree with Graham there. I, I think it's gonna they're gonna give us kind of a weekend to digest it before we dig in um, you know, on a Monday properly. Um <clears throat> But also the universe has a, a sense of irony, so it could drop while we're recording this right now. So they're, they're my two guesses. <laughs> and I will save my guess for another time. I, th- I think it's going to go the distance. I think it's going to go the distance. There we go. But listen, thank you, gents, for the last minute availability. Uh, I know it's, it's the style of the podcast for for those who end up recording with me. Um, but thank you very much. And no doubt we'll discuss this again soon. Cheers. Thank you. That is all for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to leave the podcast a review on your chosen platform. You can like, retweet and subscribe. That would all be very much appreciated. The shows are being uploaded onto YouTube as we speak more and more. You can sign up at patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast to access the shows ad free as well. Please get in touch on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, that UFO podcast. Of course, on Twitter, it's at UFO, U-A-P-A-M. And again, folks, as always, keep looking up. You never know what you might see. It wasn't a tic-tac and not quite a saucer, more like a hubcap.
designed by Chaucer, a little Baroque and quite steampunk, like Alice was playing bass for the Parliament of Ford. The little fucker hovered right outside of my window, and when I shoved out the screen, he made it an issue. I don't think he expected me to see his ass, but I'd had some champagne and smoked a little more Imagine how it could have been any better. I got to the top of the stairs and there he was. Like you awake, I was about to abduct you, cuz. I jumped back and nearly kissed myself. And I climbed out the window after the elf. And I woke up in my bed and there was something on my head and everything was weird and everything was red. I called up my boys. They thought this was noise. They thought it was a dream. They thought it was my toys. They thought it was my problems. And they think I should because it doesn't really scare me. If you really want to know who I think I'd be, I guess you and me and us and we and him and her and that and she and that thing over there and what's that, Jake? Thank you.